It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Pitchers and catchers have reported in fact, most of the team is in Goodyear already, and we have a ton of news to catch you up on. In fact, we're joined by the Inquirer's own Charlie Goldsmith to help catch you up on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. My name is Jeff Carr. His name was Stephen Offenbaker. He'll be with us in just a moment. And so will Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer because we are talking about the Cincinnati Reds in Goodyear, Arizona. Pretty much everyone's there. It's uh, quite an exciting time as spring training has begun for one of the most hype seasons I think of my lifetime. There's a lot going on. We've we've got position battles. We got position uh, confirmations. We've got injury updates already. A couple of concerning injury updates that we will get to, and a couple of very encouraging things as well. Because it's spring training, and hope springs eternal in spring training. And by the way. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Locked On Reds is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day, all throughout spring training, all throughout the offseason. You trust us to keep you covered on the Cincinnati Reds. Today's episode, before we jump into it, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can get a $5 wager winning, and you get $150 in bonus bets on top of that. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and where we are going to get started today is with the man charlie goldsmith he's out in goodyear arizona he's already been busy he's already had the 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 pen burning on the paper or i guess maybe the keys the keyboard on the computer but there's been lots to talk about because we've got confirmation on where guys are going to play. We've got uh, a little bit of uncertainty with a couple of guys and where they're going to play, where they're not going to play, what their injury status is. So much to get to here with Charlie. And, and Charlie, I kind of want to start 
with Jonathan India because it feels like all offseason, all we've talked about is, is he going to be traded? Is he not going to be traded? What's that going to look like? Now we have confirmation he's got a two-year deal in hand. Oh, by the way, he shows up to camp with plantar fasciitis, and he doesn't really have a position. Like, there's so much that's going on with Jonathan India. What is the big thing for you? So I would say we have to start here because this is – you know, we spent the whole offseason, a big part of the conversation has been how Jonathan India might not fit on the Reds. So, you know, the question I asked Nick Kroll today, how does he fit on the Reds? You know, what is his role on the team? How does he fit? And he said, that's the type of offensive player you want, the way he gets on base, the way he's tough, the way he takes extra bases. And then he explained all the great leadership stuff that the Reds, debated or not, they, they do value it internally. They put extra emphasis on that. So all of those reasons made Jonathan India a guy that they didn't, they didn't want to give up on that. They still have a lot of confidence in. now they don't have a lot of confidence in him as their second baseman. And it sounds like Jonathan India probably will be playing other position. I'd take the field over second base in terms of what position Jonathan India is going to be playing this year. Some left, some first, probably a lot of DH. Um, the plan is Elliot short, Matt at second. And then India is going to be the one who moves the most. Yeah, it's definitely something we want to get into the Ellie and the Matt of it all. But when we look at India and the the big report for me that really struck me was the plantar fasciitis report. That was something that he dealt with last season. It apparently flared up on him in the off season. I I, I saw in your article in the Enquirer, if, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. But uh, you mentioned that he's getting back up to full strength. So is it still kind of a ramp up right now for him? So here's how it works. And a part of this job is, you know, a lot of specifics about injuries that you think will never come and come, come, uh, come in, you know, use, but here we go. Plantar fasciitis is like a ring and there's, I believe micro tears on the ring around his foot, around his heel. And there were micro tears, you know, when he spent time on the IL, he was going through a rest followed by recovery process to get it to a point where he could play. Now, the plan was always let that heal fully or let that micro tear fully heal. Or the other thing is sometimes it pops and then you put it back together and that's also okay. But he then had a, a tweak, a flare up. So think of more micro tears pulling against that. Now there is a long track record of rest and recovery through specific processes leading to healing. India is on that path. He had a minor setback, but it's not like he's going to need to do something down the road. This can be a natural progression, but it has been a process because of how intricate the injury is. Let me ask you this, Charlie. Was today the first time you had heard about Jonathan India having had a reoccurrence of this injury? Because, uh, you know, the Reds do a very good job front office-wise, information control-wise, of, of not letting things get out there sometime. And I guess what I'm really wondering is, did the Reds know about this already, say, before uh, they agreed on this two-year deal? Did the Reds know what was going on? Or, did they, or were they surprised today, like the rest of us, that Jonathan India had been battling this? Yes, the Reds knew this was going on emphatically before the deal. And then even after, you know, you, you go through a physical after you do something like this. So the Reds had all the information. This isn't the kind of thing they think we'll be talking about in April. And again, like we use the word flare back up or, or we use the word what reoccurrence, but like it was really more flare back up. It's not like, you know, he sprained his knee and then the knee tweaked again. That's just kind of the nature of this injury in the process. So again, they had all the information. He's continuing through the progression. I haven't heard it. And to be honest, 
I saw India take BP today and he was probably the most impressive batting practice round. So it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to pick on Nick Senzel. Like Nick Senzel was going through a progression last year, uh, coming back from a foot injury. Or this was two years ago. Coming, No, this was last year, I think. coming. Yes, last year, coming back from a foot injury. And at this point last year, he was... He wasn't doing much, and that was fine. He was doing his best. But Jonathan India is much ahead of that. He's farther along on that rehab plan, taking swings, fielding grounders today. Just more of a thing from an endurance and managing standpoint. They're still ramping up to, to really sprinting and running 10 miles and all that kind of stuff. Well, let's get into this contract extension a little bit. Jeff and I have been teasing it and talking about it, and, and Jeff wrote about it over at InsideTheReds.com, uh, but we haven't really fleshed it out all the way. And I have some thoughts. You know, Looking at this deal – I think it was great that the Reds were able to reach an agreement with Jonathan India and avoid all of the hurt feelings that can potentially come out of arbitration, right? Because the team basically has to come into an arbitration and tell you you're not as good as you think you are in order to get the, the salary set where they think they want it to be. So I was really happy to see that. But looking at this deal and the way that it's structured, it's set guaranteed money at $3.8 million for this year, which jumps to $5 million next year with a ton of escalators built in that can really elevate the amount of that deal. I think this deal, one, prevented the hurt feelings, but two, also made Jonathan India a little bit easier of a trade piece later because the contract situation is resolved through 2025 now. And I wonder what is your read on the deal and the way that it's structured, specifically with all of the escalators and the, the bumps in money coming down the road in year 2025? So I asked the question to a few people today. I had some conversations about this. The the to my to my understanding, the extent of this process was just about avoiding arbitration, finding a common ground, making sure you're on the same page with India through this process. Like the Reds have always here's the details. The Reds have always been a file and trial team. Here's our number. Here's your number. Go to arbitration. The Reds. Nick Cross said they didn't break the rule because it's a two-year thing, but they did something brand new, a brand new workaround towards this with the two-year structure. Uh, it took a very unique set of circumstances and it's really negotiations that the Reds haven't done the, the style of before. And again, the sense I get with that is they value India. They didn't want to go to arbitration with India. They see him having a place on this team. As with the, you know, the, the, um, the, the, um, incentives for next season. That's just a, you know, you want Indy on the field and these are plate appearance. Uh, you know, he, he's dealt with injuries. These are plate appearance incentives. So were those tie in? It's not like you could loop those retroactively back onto this contract anyway. I don't think it's really trade related. It's just making sure you're on the same page with India and also rewarding him being healthy, which is important considering his injury history. Certainly on obviously in the spring training process, but what is the feeling about his arm? I know that he was moved off third yeah. base to second base because they didn't necessarily think his arm kind of lived up to what they were looking for at third base. What's that feeling now that they're going to try him out in the outfield? Um, haven't had that specific conversation this year yet, um, but I have had a lot of – you still got me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got yeah. those. About that. Um, I haven't had this specific conversation this year uh, yet, but I've had a lot of conversations over the years about India's arm and – India's arm isn't a strength. You know, we've seen the missed throws at second base. Ultimately, a reason that it didn't work out at third was because of the arm. So that's one of the big questions, frankly, that he's going to have to answer in the outfield. Um, he didn't get to do as much outfield-specific work during the offseason, specifically because of kind of the, the minor flare-up that we were talking about earlier. But, yeah, if you're talking about who he is as an outfielder, arm strength's definitely a part of, you know, what he'll have to prove. 
He's definitely got a lot of opportunity, but it doesn't seem like it's very certain right now for Jonathan India. Of course, he controls that path moving forward. Listen, the Reds, they're set up the middle. Uh, We heard that today, and we're going to talk about that. What does it mean for the rest of the team that Ellie and Matt McClain are the middle infielders for the Reds? We're going to discuss that coming up in just a minute. Before we get into that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Uh, there's all kinds of things you can bet on. You can bet on your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Uh, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Uh, it's not just basketball over there either. Right now, FanDuel has some very interesting over-unders uh, baseball related. Uh, today's, or yesterday rather, was 44 days until opening day. And our current number 44, that's Ellie De La Cruz, has an interesting over-under. They have him at 40.5 steals, the over-under. Jeff will tell you to always smash the over. Yep, there he was. Take the over as much as possible. That is the Jeff Carr betting philosophy. 40.5, I think I would take the over because I think Ellie De La Cruz is going to be on base often, running often, and stealing those bags often. If you want to get in on that action, again, head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Speaking of Locked On, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts like Jeff and I, and also the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, coming up on our next episode of Locked on Reds, we're going to be talking about Joey Votto. He had a very interesting Instagram post that could have multiple meanings. You know, Joey's very cryptic on the socials, and we're going to attempt to break it down. It could be something. It could be nothing. Uh, but we have thoughts, and we'll tell them to you tomorrow. But today, we're going to talk more with Charlie Goldsmith from The Inquirer. And now we're moving into the, the meat of what is going to happen with the Reds lineup in 2024. We heard uh, courtesy of you, Charlie, uh, that uh, Ellie and Matt McClain, they kind of have their spots. Ellie is going to be the primary shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds in 2024 with Matt McClain occasionally spelling him there. And Matt McClain's going to be the primary second baseman for this team uh, with those few moves mixed in between. That means everybody else is going to be moving all over the place. Pretty much. And so when you're tart, like really, and I haven't had this specific conversation yet to confirm this, but basically what I understand happened was everyone can move. Where do you start? You know, who do you want to be from a fat? What is the foundation of the lineup every day? And it really starts with Elliot shortstop. You do whatever you can to put the equivalent of, you know, your franchise quarterback in the position to be the star that he obviously has the tools to be. We all saw him struggle defensively in September, and that was a concern. Nick Crawl was pretty, in fact, today that that was, you know, Ellie was gassed. He said Ellie was gassed. Andrew Abbott was gassed. Even putting those guys in the same sentence together, I think showed a lot with what Nick Crawl said in that moment. And obviously the tools, elite arm, some of the best range in baseball, great instincts, great feel for the game as well. The Reds are very confident that Ellie can be a really good shortstop. And then I think McLean's a great shortstop too, but obviously it pivots from there and trickles down. They also think McLean would be a 
pretty good shortstop. They think McClain can legitimately be one of the best defensive second basemen in baseball. So that's why these are their starting points. And like, that's how they view it. You go from there. I think Matt McClain has the potential at second base to win a lot of gold gloves. Uh, seeing what he did the times he was at shortstop and then translating that over, that double play combination is going to be something just beautiful to watch for, for years to come now in Cincinnati. But with those two locked in primarily at those spots, that leaves like nine other guys that you have to get into the lineup and, and get their reps in and get their at-bats in. So there's going to be some creativity involved in this, and I think there's going to be more than one guy. We talked about India having to learn a new position. There's going to be more than one of these infielders that's going to have to learn another position in order to make the rotation work. Yep, so like it will mix and match like they did when they were all healthy last year, with the exception now is way more uh, Elliot short and way more McLean at second compared to last year where that part of it was more fluid as well with rotating. So then, you know, India will play some first Candelario will play a lot of first strand will play a lot of first. In fact, steer David Bell said won't be playing a ton at first or really won't be taking any reps at first because they feel pretty set at first. Like, all right, got enough first baseman third base. You got, Candelario, you got really Marte. Marte is really focusing on third base this spring. He's another guy who's focusing on that sole position. Uh, Candelario and then Steer will take a few reps at third, a few at second. But he's primarily mostly, I'm calling him an outfielder now. As he'll be there, you have Christian Encarnacion Strand also working in the outfield after what he played one game there, two games there last year. He'll be adding that into his belt. I get the sense that's not like a day one plan, but, you know, in May, who knows where you're at. And so you want to introduce it now and see how he takes to that as well. So lots of moving pieces, lots of versatility that they're planning on using. That was something that we had kind of looked at the way that this roster moved and, you know, adding Jamer Candelario instead of going out and getting like a straight up outfielder or mm -hmm. something like that. Do you move one of those infield guys to the outfield? I think India does help that. I guess, would that mean that steer would play right field in those cases? Or is that still kind of, are, are they even looking at Will Benson to play there? You know, whether it's a righty or a lefty on the mound. So, like, for India, like, they literally haven't seen India take any fly balls yet. So, they don't know. If I were to guess, I would say India, when he's in the outfield, will play in left. And steer, will, and when he's with Steer, Steer will play in right. When Steer's in the outfield and India isn't, Steer will play at left and Benson will play in right. They love Will Benson. They love Jake Fraley. Made a, a sneaky, impressive improvement defensively when he was healthy before the toe injury last year. So, like, as we know, this isn't breaking news. There are a lot of guys here. And mixing and matching <laughs> and playing the matchups and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're, they're working on it. And David Bell said, like, it's too many moving pieces to have a set plan for right now. And they're genuinely just going to have to see where it takes them while knowing that everyone's going to play a lot. So, you know, who plays where uh, almost on that granule level? There isn't an answer yet. David said he wants to get a feel so he can tell the players and be as upfront and communicative with them as he possibly can. They just don't have all that info yet. They have to learn more about these guys and where they fit. Did you get an opportunity to talk to David at all about the use of the designated hitter position? Uh, it seems to it seems to me that the best use of that in 2024 is going to be for quasi days off, right? Like you want to keep a guy in the lineup, but in order to get all these other pieces moving around, you slot somebody into DH today. And that the DH will not necessarily be a set guy or a set couple guys that is going to be a lot of rotation through that spot. So in general, I get the sense they want to have just more off days in general for their main guys. So that's a part of it. That's one. Two, the main DH candidates are India Candelario and Carnacion Strand Fraley. 
I would say. And then, you know, maybe Benson, but they played Benson in the outfield and Fraley at DH more as the combination last year when they both were, you know, in that spot. Uh, Maybe a splash of Marte, but he can be such an impact defender at third base. I would say mainly, though, like opening day, I guess it'd either be Indy or Candelario as their DH. We've not talked about much uh, about this guy. I guess it's just a foregone conclusion. TJ Friedel is an everyday player. Right. Uh, TJ Friedel is their most indispensable player. Um, you know, we'll talk about the 26 man. You know, I see it as Stuart Fairchild versus Jose Barrero, but, you know, mm-hmm. Benson hasn't looked, you know, they haven't given Benson shot in center field based on what they've seen and all that kind of stuff. So when you get to that, you know, Friedel's the guy. And, you know, I could see a Stuart Fairchild or a Barrero spelling Friedel, but with everything Friedel brings, even against lefties, bunting, put the ball in play, a good amount. He had a great batting average against lefties, which we'll see how that sustains, but he can still make an impact. And then the, the great physical defense he plays, the base running, and then the leadership and the presence of having him on the field, that's a lot of value. And Stuart Fairchild's a nice player, but I see a lot of reason to have Friedel as an everyday player and not making that a platoon. If everyone is healthy, and this is kind of just a, a just a interesting random thought of mine, but if everyone is healthy, does Josh Harrison have a shot to make it over Barrero or Fairchild, or is it really a two horse race for the 26th man? Yeah. The thing is that, you know, I see 12 locks, which are all the guys we've named. And then 26, you need a guy who can spell Friedel, you know, Friedel hits a ball off his foot and has to leave the game. You need a guy, you need a guy who can play center. And again, with Benson, I'm sure he can play center. I believe he played a splash of center last year, but the Reds have given him a lot of looks there. It hasn't panned out. That's fine. Benson is one of the best success stories on the team, but it hasn't been as a defensive center fielder. And again, that's okay, but you need a guy who can be a defensive center fielder. And there's also this too, like, a guy like Stuart Fairchild won't complain at all if he's not in the lineup, handles being the 26th man incredibly well. Um, you mentioned specifically Josh Harrison. Because Josh Harrison doesn't play center field, it's pretty tough roster-wise to make that fit. That makes a lot of sense, though. But, yeah, it's it's something with this roster. Like It's really exciting to see that the Reds are kind of building from the middle out. We know mm-hmm. what's up the middle, and it's everybody else that's going to be some moving parts. It's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see who grab and hold. Real quick to intersect with that, like that's their whole like draft and international free agent philosophy. Like their whole thing, what they do, build up the middle with athletes. And yep. they started that really as a plan around 2020, 2021. And here you are all these years later with the guys you invested in with that philosophy. I guess Friedel's a bit of an exception because uh, he was an earlier acquisition and a lower, well, I guess Ellie was also a lower investment guy, but the point still stands. Now it's all panning out with the style of team that they on paper wanted to build. Gosh, this was a franchise that once employed Mike Moustakis as second base. How we have changed. Very exciting to see, though, and I'm very excited to see how this roster continues to move. But with that, we got some injury news, and we are going to dissect who is, I mean, how the Reds are already testing their depth as we just begin spring training. That is coming up right after this. Because first, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that is Game Time. Game Time is the best way to get your last-second ticket deals. Me and Steve do this all the time. Look, here's what you do. If you're a Reds fan, go down to the banks. Maybe post up at one of your favorite little watering holes or get you a bite to eat. 
get a nice parking spot and then pull up the game time app and find yourself a last second ticket deal because they got the best last second ticket deals. Download the app today and use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. You can do it during red season. You can do it during bangle season, but of course both those seasons aren't here right now. You can also do it for the cyclones. You can go down to the banks and get a cyclone ticket. You can go to Clifton, get yourself some Bearcats basketball tickets. Yeah, I know they're frustrating right now, but they are playing close, man. They are keeping it close with every single Big 12 team that they're playing. And if you want to see it up close and personal, game time is the best way to do it. Download the app today. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to save $20 off your first purchase because game time has the last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. You can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Charlie as well. Uh, Charlie's is just at Charlie, uh, at Charlie G underscore, because we have it here on the screen. If you're not watching on YouTube, I was just reading there. Um, And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Uh, No Fs in Charlie's uh, Twitter handle and no Fs in the Lockdown Reds handle as well also make sure you check out inside the reds.com steve's right in there i'm right in there lots of writing going on from james rapine audie elmore caleb sis getting a, a lot of prospects uh previews and things like that so check out inside the reds.com and where we are going before you yeah. launch back into this that i think mo egger will have a different description of those bearcats than what you just tried to sell during that ad read <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. They are the one and only team. Actually, I think they lost to Iowa State by double digits tonight, but that's the first conference game that they've lost by double digits. So, yeah, they've been doing all right in a year where there were no expectations. First year in the Big 12, Steve, calm down. All right, let's look at this injury news because we've talked about uh, <laughs> we talked about Jonathan India and, and his plantar fasciitis, but we still have um, Graham Ashcraft's surgery that he is recovering from. Noevi Marte, who we are very excited about, recovering from a hamstring injury that he suffered during uh, winter ball and, and things like that. Who is the furthest along and who right now are you kind of watching on the side and saying maybe the Reds' depth will be needed to be tested very quickly to replace this guy? So, you know, GM Brad Metter said all the guys are potential. He, he didn't say likely, but all the guys are on a track where they could be available by opening day. So nobody's ruled out. Nobody's even more like Joey Votto was at this point last year. It's not anything like that. It's genuinely a need more information. Um, for And again, some of these guys, I just didn't see do anything today. Furthest ahead, I'll just tell you what I saw. You know, I saw Jonathan India fielding ground balls, running around and um, taking swings. So that looked good. Brad Metter said that. Uh, Noel V. Marte is doing everything. It's just about, you know, running, hitting. It's just about, again, the ramp up progression and the endurance and that type of stuff. Graham Ashcraft threw a live bullpen on Monday, says he could pitch every five days now, but says the toe has some good days and some bad days. And it's all about the consistency. And, and there are some more, you know, quotes like that I could read, but he feels like he's in a good spot and then will be in a great spot in a couple of weeks. And then Lodolo, you know, um, I, he, Nick's here. I didn't get to talk to Nick today specifically about the injury. Um, Nick Crawl when asked about Lodolo's spots, says, yeah, you know, pitched seven games. Everyone loves Nick. Nick could have been their game one playoff starter last year, but see where he's at. They know that the good thing is with Nick is the baseline of who he is as a pitcher. It's not like he needed to like add a changeup or something because he's really good. And when he's been healthy and when he was healthy last year, he was tremendous for a young pitcher. So it's just seeing where he's at. He's got to get out there and do it. And that'll be one of the big storylines to watch for sure. 
Speaking of adding a changeup, did you have an opportunity to talk to Hunter Green at all uh, as he reported to camp and get any of his thoughts on things like that changeup and what he intends to do uh, through spring heading into the beginning of the season to, to elevate his game? Yep, talked to Hunter Green for a bit today. Didn't mention the changes specifically, but that's always a project he's been working on. Um, what he mentioned was the goal of pitching more games, pitching the entire season, pitching deeper into games. He talked about two things. He talked about the mentality and the aggressiveness. And again, you know, those are cliches, but then I remember what, you know, Kirk Casale was saying about Hunter in May and Luke Maley was saying about him in September. Like he was bullying guys with that fastball. And that was, I thought, the biggest difference with him. So that's big and all the work he's done behind the scenes from a process perspective to get ready in that way. And then the big things he said were endurance, strength, core strength, running. He really ramped up what he did in the offseason just to be a overall stronger, more physical, more durable pitcher. I'll write about this later this week. He knows how many innings he has to pitch this year for the Reds to be the team they need to be. Graham Ashcroft, you know, all of them, all the starters. Ashcroft said, I need to take 15 appearances off our relievers with what I do over the course of the season. Because if, you know... Sam Maul throws 15 fewer times. He'll be that much better, Graham said, in October. And so that that's really the focus and the talking point for these starters, being more durable, pitching the entire season, pitching deeper into games. So is Hunter Green the candidate for the best shape of his life upon arrival? Like where, where we buried the lead, Charlie, who is in the best shape of their <laughs> life? I got to, got to see these guys out there. I'm not an easy, easy critic. You know, we'll, we'll see how, who has to prove that over the next couple of days or weeks. And there's something too, like pr probably people are like, wait a minute, pitchers and catchers reported. Why is he talking about India? Why is he talking about Ellie? Why is he talking about Noel V. Marte? That's something you told us before we, you know, started hitting the record button here tonight is that it wasn't just pitchers and catchers that were reporting today. I uh, like the most often comment I heard talking to coaches for an office guys in general was like, are you seeing this? Like everyone's here. And now, Everyone isn't here. There's still probably like four or five position players that didn't spot today, but it is not normal for like the Reds could have played a game today with how many guys they had with their stars, you know, you know, go through it. Um, Stevenson, India, uh, Dilla Cruz, McLean, Steer, Benson, Fraley, Friedel, uh, the whole rotation, everyone was there. And a lot of the guys said they wanted to be there early. They wanted to be there with each other. They've been there already putting in work. Um, a huge part of this, and I can't stress this enough is, the competition starts today. So there was a lot of extra work put in during the offseason. Everyone's competing for, for, you know, even the established guys, a role, you know, you, you want to hit cleanup. You want to hit, you know, here in the order. Nothing like that is guaranteed because of the talent. So guys wanted to do everything to make sure that they were prepped for when the competition starts. And that's today. And, you know, off we go. Off they go with a lot, really most, almost all of the roster in good years. I think that's a great point because this spring training, I think, is going to matter much more than any spring training has in recent memory. Just for the things you were just talking about, guys trying to establish roles, whether it be cleanup hitter or leadoff hitter or something like that versus the pitchers who are going to be competing mm -hmm. for roster spots in this rotation or in the bullpen. Uh, there's no guarantee. You know, the Reds are eight, nine guys deep in starting pitchers right now, and there's going to be some really good arms in this bullpen that start the year in Louisville because there's simply not room. Exactly what Nick Cross said today. He said, there will be pitchers, both starters and relievers who made a big impact for the 2023 Reds will be in Louisville at the start of the season. Now, on top of this, he gave this example, like everybody loves Bronson Arroyo. Bronson Arroyo is a rightful Reds Hall of Famer, but Nick gave the specific example of Bronson in his first 
three or four spring games was throwing the ball and getting his pitch count up and getting his in. And now he pitched 200 innings a year. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, but then Nick said there was a switch that flipped. And, you know, you saw Bronson. He says this year the switch will be flipped for the pitchers earlier. Guys are going to ha- are going to be expected, asked to, when I say perform, it's not about the shutout innings, but show the progress and check the boxes that the coaching staff want to see. A lot of it is, it's not quite all the way I made the best man win competition because there are all these other factors, you know, who they were in September, all that kind of stuff. But really spring training performance, Nick Carl said, is a factor that they're looking at, which is almost never the case. And again, that's a sign of just how many options the Reds have for 2024. And look, by now, if you don't understand, you need to be following Charlie. As spring training gets going along, Charlie's going to be with you every single day, just like we're going to be with you every single day, talking Reds baseball and really covering the Reds from a very close, up-and-close perspective. I know you said you got some more content coming down the pipe this week. I do. You know, story tomorrow on the word of the, the word, two words of the day were buzz and playoffs were the two words of the day today, and I have a story on that coming tomorrow. And then just you know, more on the whole squad coming this weekend for the next six weeks. I think if David Bell can effectively manage everyone and get us to October, we need to call him Doc Ock. That's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm in a Spider-Man hole. Anyway, that's where we're going to end today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, so much for checking out today's Locked On Reds podcast. <laughs> hey, I waited till the end to get it in. I waited till the end. Uh, we Tomorrow, like we said, we're going to be talking about Joey Votto, what's going on there, rumors around him. What, what, what did the Instagram post mean? That's what's coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. You want to make sure that you're in every day or subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and right here on YouTube. Click that bell to get notified. Why, Steve? Because we are going to keep you locked on Reds every single day. See you later. Spider-Man again. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.